live from the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Jordan McCabe front court leaves it for Iwako. Out top to Ham. He'll shoot a three straight away. And he'll hit it. Why not? It's every game, it seems. An early three from the top of the key for Royce Ham Jr. Rice bounces to Iwako. Out to Williams. Alone for a three. Donovan's three is good. Big shot by D. Will. Into Jeffries. And then Justin Webster takes it away. And they foul Hamilton. Justin Webster having a tremendous night. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. Five o'clock hour. The funnies continue. Top notch comedy and sports. Silver Sevens is the spot. I do want to point out uh, one thing to clarify. If people don't know about the uh, ongoing conversation we've had about the power that chicken has over us, when we keep saying big chicken, it's like we're saying big tobacco. So nothing against Shaq's joint right down the road. Um, that said, I think our reference to big chicken and how they've got us now hooked on chicken and chicken wings, eight of them will be $47 uh, by 2023. Um, I will give some advice to Shaq, and he doesn't need my business advice, but Big Chicken right now to me is like opening a restaurant in Las Vegas and calling it Karen's Place. It just has a different connotation. Yeah, there's no way I would open a restaurant in Las Vegas and call it Duke's. No, no, that wouldn't work either. No, people don't like Duke. Um, I think Ari would... Just because he, he likes the angst, would love to go to a restaurant with all Karens there and go, you know what, I'm the one lone human being in the, in the restaurant who's behaving themselves and not asking for the manager. He's but, not you gonna keep, complain but you can't about make it, a living off of Karens and just one Ari. See, he's not going to complain about it out loud, though. He's just going to send us some texts and be really mad at the Karens, but he's just going to kind of quietly eat his meal and let, not want to disturb the Karens. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. You know, sometimes the news and sports world, it just, it just all comes together to mix with the show beautifully. Uh, headline in the New York Post, Wheel of Fortune loser. I'm, quote, publicly humiliated for reaching my, quote, lifelong dream. And I thought about another person who went through this, our own Adam Candy, who flopped badly on Wheel of Fortune as a contestant. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't run to the papers and say, what was me? You toughened up. You toughened up. Now, the scenario here is pretty interesting because what's happening is these contestants are getting blistered for what looked like an easy solve to the puzzle. It's not easy under the pressure, and Candy will tell you that. This is what unfurled on the latest Wheel Yes, there's a P. Spin or solve? I will solve. Okay. Another feather in your map. Another feather in your lap. Another feather in your lap. No. 
And, and, and of course, Sajak, and you, you're familiar with this, just he's not as smug. Rest in peace for Beck. But my Lord, Sajak loves that moment where he's like, no. Which, you know, under his breath, he's like, you idiots. Another feather in your map. I think she got it right. I think she nailed it. I challenge this. Who are the judges on this show? I've had feathers in my lap many times. It's a very Mm. common saying in my world. What were they supposed to say? That'll be another feather in your cap. I'm I'm so sorry. Okay. Although I'm actually not sorry because feathers in your lap sounds like a story that we probably need a little bit more of uh, (laughs) at another time. But, uh, you know, that'll have to wait. I will tell you, Pat Sajak, however he comes across to you, the man was exceptionally kind to me when I was on Wheel of Fortune. Now, Cofield might have oversold this a little bit by calling my uh, my situation a flop uh, because Pat Sajak did after the regular game in which I solved six out of the seven puzzles call me the big winner in a big way. Oh, wow. The big winner in a big way. But, uh, yeah, I flopped in the bonus round. Um, I, and, dude, those ten seconds when the clock is counting down and you just hear, and you, all you can think about is everyone on national television is watching me biff this. And right when it finished and we go off air, Sajak kind of taps me on the hand and says, hey, you know, uh, those puzzles, the words that start with, uh, with vowels, those are the hardest ones to get. Because my puzzle was award recipient. And I couldn't get the first word. But you know what? Pat didn't have to do that. He didn't. He could have laughed at me. He could have encouraged everybody to have a good hearty laugh at my expense. Like, look at this loser. No. He actually gave me a moment of kindness that I still think about today. Even when I think to myself, huh. That, uh, that $35,000 prize that I didn't get would have been kind of nice. Number four. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Rub salt in the wound. I forgot that it was thirty-five thousand. I I I have learned that it is okay not being an award recipient. Uh, Brady up on our video, we're rolling video right now at Steve Cofield at ESPN Las Vegas on YouTube. Brady asked, "How much did Candy win?" Uh, Candy won a little less than fifteen thousand dollars in Ooh. cash Ooh. and a, an all expenses paid trip for two to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Well, that's far from a flop. How dare me? How dare you? By the way, the best part, and you'll understand this, Cofield, from Mountain West travel, I went to Laramie with the UNLV women's basketball team, came home for 48 hours, and left for Jackson Hole. More Wyoming than I ever thought I'd have. Number four. Thank you. We have to reset. Or do we want to do more Wheel of Fortune with this Christopher Coleman complaining that he's being mocked in spite of having a college education? Number four. We don't. I think we're done with that one. Nice win for the Rebels last night. Running Rebels. Lady Rebels actually were a bit stunned. Reno came in, played a really good game. Nia Alexander, one of their lead players, lit him up. And, boy, I didn't think it was a trap spot, Candy. I thought, hey, you know what? Normally this would be. You you won the conference, regular season conference title. You got the uh, Mountain West Conference uh, women's tournament on the way. Dead spot right in that last game. But it's Reno. Figure they want to. Beat them up, keep the momentum going. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. Uh, over in the Thomas and Mac, 
UNLV taking on Wyoming. Wyoming's got two really good players. I think their supporting cast is pretty solid, but Graeme Ike and Hunter Maldonado, and UNLV got 15 points from Bryce Hamilton, which, you know, for anyone else, you're like, pretty solid game, but he's averaging 24-plus in conference, almost 22 overall. He went 3 of 15 from the floor. I'll give credit to Wyoming. Man, they face-guarded him. They double-teamed him. They did a great job on him, but other guys stepped up, and that was a, a... a solid win. Will I go as far as impressive? I think you might go as far as impressive. I'll go farther than impressive with UNLV because I sat here early in this season, around December, even early January, and said, what is year one going to be for Kevin Kruger? Uh, are we just going to get the same team we've always had under TJ Otzelberger, under Marvin Menzies, uh, to some degree to the end of Dave Rice's tenure, are you just going to get this team that sort of flops around and finishes with 16 or 17 wins and maybe makes a, I don't know, a modicum of noise in a quarterfinal in the Mountain West tournament? Like, But we've gotten better than that, haven't we? You have a team that's swept Colorado State. You have a team that has been competitive against Boise State, that just beat Wyoming, that is going to push for 20 wins on the season. And it's not just about the number of wins. It's about what the conference is this year. Look how good the Mountain West is. This is the best best Mountain West we've seen in a decade. In a decade. You have four teams that are legitimate threats to go to the NCAA tournament. And a UNLV team that might get the last bye among them by its win last night. They went a long way toward it by beating Wyoming. So you know what? Maybe UNLV makes noise next week. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe they end up in the NIT. Maybe they don't. I don't know what happens from here on out. But if we're going to say, what was year one for Kevin Kruger? You can stop right here and say this year is a net positive for Kevin Kruger. Without question. You had no idea what you were going to get from Bryce Hamilton coming back. In fact, you didn't know till the very end that you were going to have Bryce Hamilton coming back. And so you get Bryce Hamilton back. Would he just be here trying to improve his draft stock? Was he going to be fully bought in? Were you going to have Bryce Hamilton as the best player on this team and not have anybody else step up? No and no. Bryce Hamilton has been MVP quality for the last 15 games, and a game like last night shows you that a Royce Ham and a Webster sticking up their their talents at a time like they did, they can be something next week. Number three. Oh, I'm here for this. My favorite topics at the Combine every year are one, the Wonderlick. Well, they got rid of it. They're not doing the Wonderlick. Love that. Two, the anger about quarterback hand size. And here we are again, maybe at a record level, Candy. Kenny Pickett, man of no hands. I mean, you might as well, after the measurements that we got today, you might as well put him in mittens to play quarterback in the NFL because his fingers just can't grip the ball, right? Uh, He has now measured with hands that are smaller than any current NFL starting quarterback. Call it off. Why even put him in the draft? The guy can't even hold a football. So now we're turning hand size into this proxy for whether a guy can succeed in the NFL. It's ridiculous. I am so tired of hearing about measurements that don't mean anything. We know that Jared Goff supposedly has tiny hands, right? And we know that Josh Allen has supposedly some of the largest hands in the NFL. You know who had more fumbles last year? Neither one of them. They had the same amount of fumbles at nine 
last year. Stop it. Either you think the guy can throw the ball or he can't. I don't care if he does it with 8.5-inch hands, with 12.5-inch hands, with Shaq or Kawhi's hands, or with Ari's little tiny, you know, whatever he's got. I don't agree. Uh, One, after hearing that picket has hands that are eight and a half inches. Generally, you're looking for a quarterback to, you know, be nine and a half to ten and a half, and there's some guys with giant mitts. I'd have to look it up right now, but, you know, Russell Wilson, in spite of his his height deficiencies, I think it's closer to like ten and a half or ten and three quarters. I... Armani Rodgers, the former UNLV quarterback, is switching to tight end. I think Kenny Pickett is probably best served as a kicker. You know, sometimes guys have to forge a different path, right? They have to forge a different path. Maybe maybe you're Johnny Stanton. Maybe you should just go become a fullback. Or or bulk up and he become a lineman. Uh, But I'm not sure he can play quarterback in the NFL. So his tiny hands can let him be a lineman. His tiny hands are okay for trying to hold off guys, just not for throwing well, the football. What's, what's bigger, someone's jersey to hold them or a football? Like the, the shoulder or a football? Listen, bro, it's been – over the years, it's been proven. If you have many hands, it's going to be a difficulty. Who's got one of the sets of the smallest hands in the National Football League? This man is only in the 16th percentile in terms of hand size for quarterbacks in the NFL. He has lost the most fumble since 2015 in the NFL. Who's got mitts of only nine and an eighth? You must be talking about Raiders QB of the future, Derek Carr. Yes. Yeah, we've heard all about it. Evidence. We know. We know. You have it. You evidence. have evidence. Do you know what? Let me ask you a question. Kenny Pickett lost 20, or he fumbled 26 times at Pittsburgh. The proof is there. How he can't many, hold on to the ball. How many average American males have hands larger than Kenny Pickett. Do you know the answer? What is the average American male hand size, Cofield? I don't know the average size. Oh, in, you don't in, know? In, in, in this in this group that's on the air right now, who's got hands bigger than Kenny Pickett? The average American male, who is not you. Right. right. 7.4 inch hand size. Is that what? 7.4 inches. 7.4 inches. That's not accurate. Is 100% accurate. And if you don't believe me, go to clutchpoints.com. I mean, we're doing video right now. I mean, I'm just in, I just, look at that. Look at that mitt. I just envelop the entire set. Um, I think most people getting angry about this hand size thing, because I've seen some of the comments out there. Uh, a dude, head coach 21 says, if you're using hand size as a determining factor and how good a quarterback is, you probably shouldn't be evaluating NFL talent. My response would be, if you're not factoring it in, you're an idiot. Give me a freaking break. Now here, now here's here's some info on the on the hand size thing with quarterbacks and how they measure it. Do you know how they measure it? I do. Okay, explain to the audience. So basically, if you spread your hand out, yep, as wide as you can, go from the tip of your thumb out to the tip of your pinky. Right. That is how we measure hand size. Yep. Right. And so a key is flexibility. First of all, your pinky and your thumb have to basically go in a straight line, which I can do, right? What I've read Ooh. is that Kenny – no, I'm just saying – I mean, obviously it's phony. My my hand measurement at 5'9 is 9 and 3 eighths. 
Nine and three eighths. I can. Oh I can God. actually. What I, if, a man's man. If it's, I'm not bragging. Don't do. No, I'm just saying. Oh but it's my because, God. Because I've got flexibility. There are people who can't stretch their hand out. And Kenny Pickett apparently has. Um, I don't want to call it deformed, but he actually has like an abnormality with his thumb. So I don't think he can actually stretch his hand out to max out with the mega hands. So I, I will side with you. A little bit here. I don't think it's that big a deal, but it is something to look at if someone has trouble holding onto the ball in the NFL. Now, the funny thing is, I used to call Mark Sanchez baby hands all the time because Mark Sanchez, you know, butt fumble, but would fumble the ball all the time. Mark Sanchez in his class actually had some of their bigger mitts going at 6'2", similar to Derek Carr, who's got nine and an eighth hands. Mark Sanchez had ten and a, uh, ten and a half inch hands, but it didn't matter because he fumbled the ball. Yeah, here's what we need to do. Um, you like Costanza need to make sure you get some gloves to protect those <laughs> man meat mitts that you have at all times because nine and three eighths is something that is obviously beyond the not only average American it puts you in discussion for the NBA I don't understand hey Ari you're a small hander are you getting all mad yeah right now? well I mean duh no, I I'm, I don't have anything to weigh in on this. I haven't really Aww. stretched out my hand to check. I'm not worried about it. I haven't stretched out my hand. Well, we oh, did we this last year. We haven't done the measurement before. And we did just with... like my height, yeah. I get a, a crap load of stuff, so I'll just back off this one. My I also height. have issues of flexibility in my right hand, if I'm being honest. Oh, the flexibility issues <laughs> in his right hand. Yeah. So I'll use my left. That No, guys, that's well known. We, like, we know that about Ari. That is why we have so many problems in the studio. Ari can't get his hands from one button to the next because his hands are inflexible. Ah, my secrets Ari out now. Stonehands producer. That's right. Uh, why did I know Ari was going to have that? That was going to be the excuse. That's awesome. <laughs> See what I mean, everyone? What are you Number talking two. about? What are, what are you talking about? Um, uh, we, got some, uh, we got some injury issues, or do we, with, with the Vegas Golden in our Knights. hands? Oh, okay. With the Vegas Golden Knights. They got a game on tap tonight. Bruins are in town. We'll get to a preview here in about 20 minutes. We don't know what we're going to get in Vegas from Robin Leonard the rest of the way. Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? There was a report by one Frank Saravalli that he was dealing with a torn labrum. Willie Ramirez stood up after the last game and tried to get into what the situation is right now with Leonard and that injury and getting ready for games. Willie Ramirez with the Associated Press. Robin, you're obviously cleared, so when you get out there and the adrenaline, you're going to feel good. But after the game and tomorrow, are there different protocols now to make sure that you sort of take care of different rehab or next day recovery, active release? What is there anything specific that you have to do from this point forward to make sure that you stay fresh? Um, it's a better question for Frank Saravelli, my doctor. Uh, Go to Joe. Robin, after a three-week three week layoff, would you prefer a game with... Okay, good job. No follow-up from Joe. No follow-up from anyone else. I mean, it was a legit question from Willie, and it turned into joke time, which, whatever, it's fine. Robin Leonard's a funny guy. He's a lighthearted guy. Is he hurt or not, Candy? What's the deal? It's the NHL. You're never going to know. Period. And that's why I'm okay with Robin Leonard turning it into joke time because it's the same lack of transparency we get from everybody else in the NHL. He's not going to get up there and share anything that he doesn't want to share. He doesn't have to. That's the way the NHL works with injuries. Upper body injury, lower body injury. Day-to-day means week-to-week. Week-to-week means month-to-month. You never know when it comes to the NHL and its injury stances. And so 
Frank Saravalli says he has a torn labrum. Frank Saravalli also says that the Golden Knights are considering a reunion with Marc-Andre Fleury. Do we know that Frank Saravalli is not Alan Walsh? Just ever <laughs> seen them in the same place at the same time? Just ask None of your business. It's a pretty good line. Yeah, it is, Gerard. It is. It's a pretty good line. All right, we'll get to the top story on the way back as we'll uh, get into the news yesterday. Is it news that both Dave Ziegler, GM of the Raiders, and the head coach, Josh McDaniels, seem to indicate strongly that Derek Carr is the guy under center to start next season for the Raiders? It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Don't forget, Silver Sevens during March Madness. 77 cent beers during all the games of the NCAA tournament. And, you know, tonight during NHL, well, specifically Vegas Golden Knights game, 77 cent beers, Bud, Bud Light, Mick Ultra at both of the bars here at Silver Sevens, Flamingo and Paradise, Bud Light Lounge, or the Silver and Gold Bar, 77 cent on the bottled beers for the Knights and the Bruins. Lots to get to, lots to get to. We got some news coming in, Candy, from the Combine. And this is, uh, you know, this is one of the events, we'll call it, that everyone goes gaga over, especially with the running backs. But with the wide receivers, Raiders could be in the market for a wide receiver. I don't, I don't like that move of 22, but folks are fired up about it. Uh, Chris Olave, who could be a guy that could land at 22, just ran a 4-2-6. I saw Adam Hill. From the company and the RJ, who's at the combine, said maybe that's not great news for the Raiders, suggesting he could go a lot earlier. Oh yeah, that's terrible news for the Raiders. A four-two-six guy is not going to be there at twenty-two. Good. I don't think he's the kind of receiver they want. Anyway, now he may be extremely productive. I don't know. He's on the smaller side, not tiny. He's five eleven, one ninety. I think they need a bigger target, kind of what they were shooting for with Brian Edwards, and I would try for the same thing as they did with Brian Edwards and try to get a bigger target in the second, third, or fourth round. And I did notice that uh, George Pickens, who didn't play a whole lot at Georgia because of injuries, he's 6'3", about 205. And uh, he didn't run a 4'2'6", but he's plenty fast at 4'4'3". Where are you on Raiders drafting a wide receiver and where in the draft? To preference this, uh, I should say to preface this, the analytics community those of us who ascribe to those beliefs, says you can't get enough wide receivers or cornerbacks, that you just have to keep trying at these positions until right. you find what it is that you need because you can never have enough of either of them. And we saw the Raiders' offense last year fall apart once Henry Ruggs was gone from the team. So I actually don't mind them going receiver in the first round if the Ooh. right receiver is there. That being said, you cannot force a positional fit. That's why Alex Leatherwood is on this roster right now. So the Raiders looked at their line last year, decided they were going to fix it. Tom Cable fell in love with Alex Leatherwood. He was overdrafted by at least a full round, and now he might be one of the biggest liabilities on the roster. So you go to the Raiders today and say, all right, pick out the positions where you need the most help that are the most advantageous, analytically. Wide receiver and cornerback are two spots where this team could make some noise at that 
point they are in the first round. If you're going to keep Derek Carr, if you're going to build around Derek Carr, you have to give him a field-stretching weapon. So I'm with you that maybe not Chris Olave because in a lot of ways you're getting a guy who's similar to Ruggs, right? You're getting a smaller guy who has to be able to beat you with that speed, who's not as physical. Um, it had started to come around with Ruggs, but clearly there were better receivers like Justin Jefferson who went after Henry Ruggs in his draft. What's everyone doing on Saturday for lunch? I know where Ari's going to be, and you should be there. Porta Subs, 1910 Village Center Circle. That's right near Summerlin Parkway in Town Center. Ari's going to be out at the Porta Subs for, uh, from 11A to 1P, giving away more of those ACM award tickets. That's a big country music show going down at Allegiant on Monday. Uh, that location of Porta Subs will also be offering a, a six-buck medium classic sub. Uh, during the time Ari is there from 11A to 1P. Also, the first person to stop by and see Ari, I would say like 11 o'clock in one second, mention the Porta Sub's 50th anniversary, and they'll get a tailgate tray. The six-foot sub all chopped up on a tailgate tray. How about that? Uh, plenty of other prizes. Ari hanging out. At the uh, Summerlin Port of Subs, 1910 Village Circle, right near Summerlin Parkway in Town Center. Again, 11 o'clock on Saturday. Ari on the scene at Port of Subs. Sign up for an A-Play card and unlock some great food specials at the Sterling Spoon Cafe at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. On the scene on a Thursday, Flamingo and Paradise. Happy hours going on right now, 277 on lots of the drinks. Come on down, sign up for your A-Play card. We had uh, listener Jim come up a little while ago, win some prizes. We had uh, Dave, a listener, Candy from Westlake. Now, check that. Actually, from Oxnard, California. How about that? Used to live here, still listens. What, what up, Oxnard? Shout out, Port Wainemi. I like that. I like that a lot. Said uh, he enjoys the conversations about California from time to time, and why not? We have a lot of transplanted Californians in Las Vegas, including Derek Carr. Now, is he going to stay? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But Josh McDaniels went on NFL Network yesterday, and the guys, Pelissaro and the hard-charging Andrew Siciliano, very tall Andrew Siciliano, um, asked him point blank. Like what's going on with your quarterback? And you got a quarterback who's entering the final year of his deal. Can you say definitively, barring injury, Derek Carr's your starting quarterback week one? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I, I really am excited about this opportunity to work together. I know what he's done. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Raider Nation exploded because we know Raider Nation is split on what should happen with Carr. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Case closed. Let's go to break. That's it. Candy, Derek Carr, under center, 2022 opener. Let's go. L-F-G. Okay, take it, Ari. We're done. That's it. That's all I got. Right? R-E-L-A-X. No, you can't spell as well as I can. Why don't you stretch your hands out? So, all right. Derek Carr got a bigger vote of endorsement there from Josh McDaniels than he got during the entire John Gruden era. 
So good for him having a head coach who is actually behind him instead of giving cryptic sort of statements yeah, yeah. and us being left to interpret it. Here's the problem. Uh, the problem is that Josh McDaniels doesn't make those decisions with this franchise. He has an actual GM and an actual owner who are going to be the ones to make those calls. Conversation continued. So if absolutely no doubt about it, that means they've already talked extension and they're pretty close to an extension because to me, Candy, if they don't have an extension, then there is some doubt about it and it is not absolute. Here's more McDaniels. No specific things relative to extending that at this point, uh, but that doesn't mean that's not going to change. Um, we are aware of where we're at on that in, in that process. I think we're just trying to get everything kind of set now in the building. You know, our staff is obviously, this has been a big chunk of this, this first three or four weeks, is trying to put the right people in, in place here. And I get that. There's a lot of work to be done before taking care of Derek Carr, and I like that. We are aware of where we are in that process. So, like, you're right here. I'm putting my fingers really close together, like, just a few million dollars apart, or we haven't spoken at all. We are aware that we have not spoken at all. How can you put your fingers that close together with those giant Kawhi hands that you have? That's amazing. How do you do that? All right, well, it's Derek Carr doesn't no, I will just point out again. Hands. It oh, is sorry. amazing. Oh. I brought up hand size. Uh-huh. I tried to mention yeah. that I have by the, me- by the measurables because I have flexible hands. Oh. I was trying to back Kenny Pickett. I was not bragging about having big mitts. And I feel like there's a group of small handers on the show who have gotten all worked up. I, I have never Your deficiencies are not my problem when I'm doing the oh, show. Oh, my deficiencies have been your problem for more than three years now. So <laughs> however you decide to deal with that is your problem. Damn you and your hands. I'm just saying not all of us can Eat come sliders. in here and Burn drop the bad. show with our digits. You're amazing. I don't know how you do it. We know Derek Carr has big enough hands to be an NFL quarterback, but we didn't hear Josh McDaniels talk about it, did we? Should that be a clue to us? That, Should that, that be a clue? Should that's, we know? That's the next cut. Should we know? There is a lengthy four-minute discussion by McDaniels. And Ziegler was there as well, talking about the one hiccup in this whole contract negotiation. His hands. Could be his hands. It could be his hands. So you get what I'm saying, though, right? Absolutely, no doubt about it. But, like, so if I were going to run with that, then I'm thinking, all right, they are close to the extension. The new CBA in the NFL makes it really punitive and almost impossible for a player to hold out over contract negotiations. So Derek Carr is under contract this year for a very team-friendly number to the Raiders. They can choose to say to him, hey, you know what, man? You have a contract. And in order to make our salary cap work this year, we need you to go with it. And Derek Carr could very easily say in return, cool, then I'm not giving you an ounce of discount when it comes to January of 2023 and whether or not I stay with this franchise. So this is a game of chicken to some degree on both sides that the Raiders have more power on than Derek Carr does. Coming up next, well, after the show, Kevin Kruger radio show. Coach Kruger will be there. It's over at the Orleans. Bailey Wick, John and Curtis are hosting. I think a couple players are going to be on the scene as well. It's the Kevin Kruger radio show right here on ESPN Las Vegas coming up at 6 o'clock. We got a remake. I'm excited for this one, yet Ari and Candy are both putting a thumbs down with their very, very baby hands. 
Enjoy 77-cent Bud Light bottles during Vegas Golden Knights games at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, it's, this is not to sound creepy, but we've been talking about uh, Kenny Pickett's hand size, which is minute at eight and a half inches. And Candy decided to measure himself during the break. My hands. You could have let that marinate a little bit. Nope, nope, nope. I like my job, and I want to keep it. You've got, uh, a, you've got a tape measure, and you look, like, exuberant. First of all, how tall are you? I'm six foot two. Yeah, so, I mean, you should have decent-sized mitts. Um, we Ooh, had you trying to set me up. No, already. no, no. All we've right. we've done we've done measure offs in the past, and like Adam Hill and I was just telling Danny down here. Again, a lot of it is about the flexibility of your hand. Adam Hill is a big guy, but he he can't his hands don't stretch. So he's actually got by the hand measurement, he's got smaller hands than I do, which is kind of ridiculous. What's his number? He was probably he might have been in the upper eights. He might have been like oh poor guy eight and five eighths, oh, eight and seven eighths, something man, like that. To be he's. He's an eater. <laughs> now he's got look, look at this. I don't know now about this. He's got this. an attitude about this. I don't know about this. I, I thought we weren't all worried about Kenny Pickett. Now, now you measured your hands. Now you're all fired up. You're puffing well, your Well, I'm just out. saying you thought this was such an exclusive club that you were in, but uh, apparently there's there's no bouncer at the door here. Um, nine and a quarter, baby. Nine and a nice. quarter. Nice. Nine and a quarter. Nice. Nine and a quarter. You want to sign somebody to an extension, Raiders? He's right here. Adam Candy. Yep. Right here no nine and a quarter you don't need any of that kenny pickett eater stuff you don't need to be adam hill and his insufficient hands you don't need to be ari and his inflexible sixers you need nine and a quarter stick your hand in there dave with nine and a quarter inch hands now i'm a little afraid because i am going to head over to the kevin kruger radio show mm. it's a bunch of basketball people so if they're listening, I have a feeling I'm going to walk in, and then they're all going to palm my face and go, all right, shrimp. So I was thinking, I'm like, what players might they bring over there? And I was like, please bring a small guard, please. Mm. No. I think, Hoping uh, for a walk-on? Well, I think, I think Bryce Hamilton is slated. And then I, did, I grimaced of, like, after I thought about it. I'm like, I think Royce Ham is going to be there. Damn it! By the way, Royce Ham uses those very large hands of his to shoot – that has to be the least conventional three-pointer in basketball history, right? It's like the ball starts somewhere around his mid-thigh. Sure. And then he chest passes it with one hand, and yet it went in the hoop last night. It was amazing. He's actually, and I have to break down the numbers. I've, I've been doing it just about every game because he doesn't shoot many. Last night he made three of five. I think he made three of three in another game, so that tied his season high. Um, he's, I think the last... 16, 17 games, maybe last 12, 13. He's actually shooting probably 43 or 44%. So he picks the spots. And here's the thing. They needed it last night, and they're going to need it in these next two games, but especially in the tournament. If people are going – if bigs are going to participate in the double team and push Bryce Hamilton out to the wing and Royce is standing there alone, wide open for a three, he's got to be a threat. Everybody has to be able to finish. And I'm going to say this with as much emphasis as I can. Bryce Hamilton's passing last night – might have been the single most impressive individual skill that I saw anybody put on. He was precision last night. 
with getting away from those double teams. And if he's going to find guys who are open, if they make the right cuts, they make the right flares, they find themselves in open spots, then we know everyone is going to double Bryce. If other people can make shots the way they did last night, UNLV has the stuff for a run. Stick your hand in there, Dave. White men can't jump. Iconic. The movie, very good. Do we need a reboot? Wesley, Woody, Rosie, King and Duck, everybody got that thing exactly right. That movie was perfect as it was, and now the greedy Hollywood sequel machine, big sequel, is out here trying to capitalize on something that was perfect as it was already, and they're going to, what is it going to be? White men can't really jump? Oh, now white men can jump? Honey, I shrunk the white men can jump? What is it going to be? This is ridiculous. I actually, I'm intrigued by the last one. Yeah, it, it actually. Are we going to shrink them? That I, poor, poor Rick I Moranis. I think I'm Rest in. in peace. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'm in. I just remember, I remember as a kid going down to uh, the Hard Rock Cafe when they were shooting one of the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequels. We kept waiting because they said, oh, they're, gonna, they're filming the guitar at the Hard Rock Cafe. It's going to be the kid picking up the guitar. And we stood there for like four hours and watched them move camera around so that's about as exciting as i expect a white men can't jump remake to be ari and i well i know ari has a take on the reboot of white man can't jump that they're planning but first i also know that he went to the commodore 64 to look something up really quickly rick moranis dead thank you i was like what Did is I going something? on I thought rick moranis was dead yep here we go dead or alive and i bought the it show is terrible at it dead or alive nope, nope he's still alive he he's he got, back he got freaking lit up on a New York street by some lunatic. Oh, that's right. That's but, why I thought he, he was dead, because he got crushed. But, but not to be insensitive, he wasn't beaten to death. He's still alive. Oh, thank God. He's 68 years old. I feel so much better now. I thought that he died in that Rest incident. In oh, Rest in peace. We brought him back. Usually it's the other way around, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not good at that. Oh, th- thank you, Ari. <laughs> I, I appreciate your small hands getting that done. Stick my small hand in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Ari, reboot, yay, nay. Hell no. And I'm actually, you guys don't know probably, Jack Harlow is, is a solid uh, new artist in the last couple of years that came out, and apparently this is his first audition ever, and he nailed it. But no, like there's no need. To, Candy, everything you said I agree with, I'll add one thing that didn't change. It's a classic, it's timeless, and the Jeopardy part. Like the whole thing still makes sense, all the way to her going to Jeopardy. Everything, the way we play basketball, that's it. If. There's no need. If. And I don't know if you guys have checked it out. I don't know why I asked this because you don't watch anything. But uh, Bel Air is out, right? A new version sounds very different than the original. Would you accept a series on White Man Can't Jump no, with, a, with, a, with different angles on the story rather than a movie? Here's the difference when it comes to Bel Air. They're making a show that is so different than the original that you're not even trying to capitalize on what Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was. This isn't going to be like the ha-ha, jokey jazz getting tossed out of the house by Uncle Phil. Like, this is going to be a topical series that kind of just takes the idea of Will Smith going from East Coast to West Coast. That I can live with. This is not going to be that. I hate it. 
Mm, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. And also All-American. <laughs> we don't need it. We already have All-American. It's It really is the same. You're taking the same plot, making it a little more serious, and then modernizing it, modernizing it, and that's, yeah. I'm with Candy, two for two. Stick your hand in there, Dave. We haven't heard from Kelly Stafford, Matt Stafford's wife, in like four days. Uh, she got somehow on the Kelly Stafford podcast. She great land. She got Matt Stafford uh, last week Ooh. to talk about the uh, the issue with the photographer falling off a stage, and then Matt Stafford walking away and not caring. What's going on now with Kelly Stafford? Is she bragging about being an independent woman? I don't know that it's necessarily bragging about being an independent woman. I'm just saying. If any of you out there, you pervs, have been leering at Kelly Stafford or any of her old pictures from being a cheerleader at Georgia, um, you are leering at a body she paid for herself. She does not want anyone to get it twisted. Y'all, it was the worst boob job you have no. ever mm. It was two balloons on my chest. It was so so bad. And what's worse is the Detroit media realized and started saying that Matthew paid for a boob job for his girlfriend. Oh. And immediately I was like, hold on now. I paid for it myself. Excuse me. I bought these boobs. Yes. I bought these boobs. One and two. If he would have bought them, they would have been far better. So clearly he did not buy these. I, I like that. That was becoming really annoying, but it was a good line at the end. That maybe he would have paid for better quality. So now I feel like we can get into some sleuthing, right? Like, what level of boob job would Matt Stafford have paid for, and what level of boob job did Kelly Stafford pay for? Like, did she see did she see an ad in the paper, you know, for you know two for one discount or something like that, and decide to pay for it that way? A it sounds to me like she didn't spring for top quality, and now I mean, does she regret it, or is she just mad at people insinuating that she couldn't pay for it herself? I was not going to jump up on board with the story at all. But you really threw me off at the line. A two for one. I'm just saying, it, it, could it could it have been a BOGO special, right? Could you have gotten a BOGO? Okay, that's better stated, BOGO, okay. Right? Buy one, get one. Two for one. What's? I don't understand what the, I don't understand what the problem is here. All I'm saying is, we, th- we talk so much about athletes and whether or not they received illegal compensation before nil do we ever investigate the ancillary things do we ever look at what's around football programs cofield if you were matt stafford i'm not answering that if you were matt stafford and you knew you paid for him would you out her or is that just part of being married let her let her have her moment Yes, you're independent and you paid for it. If you're Matt Stafford, there's literally no way you can talk about that situation without sounding like a complete and total perv slash jerk. Especially where he is right now after after Fallgate when he just walked away and said, F that. Not a good situation. Kevin Kruger, radio show is on the way on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick around.